Everyone has a story. What's yours? Hi, I'm Michael. And I'm Katie. And this is Monumental, a small show about the big things that God does in the lives of ordinary people. Today we're talking to Amy. Amy was born in Oklahoma. She was mostly homeschooled which is bad. <laughs> she was also a pastor's kid, which is worse. And then she became a missionary's kid, which is the worst. definitely worse. <laughs> <laughs> and that's where we'll pick up our story. Well, initially my parents were planning to not go to the mission field until we were in college, my brother and I. And then we were reading a lot of John Piper and a lot of missionary stories. Fox's Book of Martyrs was a huge influence oh, on wow. me. Yeah. And I just was like, why would I give up an opportunity to go to the mission field when my parents want to? Mm-hmm. This so is a really great opportunity. With them with a mission's heart as yeah, well. Yeah. So my brother and I went to our parents and we said, hey, we would like to go with you. Yeah. If if we can go, then we would like to go. And so they said, okay. That's why we all ended up in starting language school in Argentina together and at age 15. Yeah. Was 15. Is that's that the really, first when you first started learning really cool. the language? Yes. 15 was when I first started. Um, the Lord was really kind. I think it was some of my favorite years. And language was something that kind of came naturally to you. There's all, you always have to work at language. Sure. <laughs> but you it was a lot it. easier for me because I was 15. I didn't know that it would become such... You didn't know it would turn into your love language. Yeah, I didn't know it would turn into my love language. <laughs> okay, so so you started learning Spanish when you yes. were 15 and you moved to Argentina when you were 15. Mm-hmm. Had you ever okay. been to Argentina before you guys moved there? Never. It was where my dad really felt called to go and there was a pastor there asking for people, and Dad mm-hmm. loved Latin Americans, huh. um, loved Spanish, and it just seemed like a really good fit for him and so and for our family, really. And it really was. I mean, I married an Argentine. <laughs> yeah, that's a pretty good, good fit. fit. <laughs> <laughs> so I was planning on staying in Argentina and going to college there, and my parents really were convinced that they wanted me to have a. education from the United States. So I came back to the United States and um, I had church family, close friends. It was just a very, things did not go as planned. I couldn't get into college because, you know, I hadn't lived in the States since I had turned 18. And so I didn't have residency and I couldn't get scholarships. Oh, man. A long period of time where I was like, what am I doing? (laughs) So it was just really confusing time for me. You know, I felt usually kids are the ones that leave parents. And in this case, I felt like parents were leaving me. (laughs) Um, And so I just, it was very vulnerable time. And so for a 18-year-old girl with no family or no feeling like she belonged, culture shock and all of those things, my heart just was drawn towards a relationship. And so 
um, feeling, wanting to feel like I belonged. And so I started dating a guy. Was it somebody you... It was somebody um, I had known from another church. Um, He was a Christian. And well, so we, I mean, we had talked and known each other several years before. So it was when I came back, it was like, hey, Amy's back. And and I knew him. It was something familiar at the same time for me. And so it was, and hey, he's looking for somebody and I'm looking for somebody. And yeah. He came from foster care system, and it was like, we can belong to each other. It was an abusive situation in a lot of ways, emotionally, very manipulative on both parts. I mean, it was my sin, his sin. We were immoral together, so I had to be all his, and it was a constant approving of my love for him. I always had to prove my love for him. My my family and friends started seeing red flags, isolation, mm-hmm. and... Were you consciously or unconsciously distancing yourself from healthy relationships, from authorities in your life? It um, was conscious because okay. it was a clear decision of it's either me or, or them. Yeah, okay. And so I chose him okay. in all those cases. At the beginning, there was opposition from my dad. Okay. And at that point, you know... I felt like he's off in Argentina and yeah. I'm here. And he's the one who sent me packing anyway. Exactly. Yeah. You know, I'm going to do this anyway. Can't have it both ways, Dad. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Basically. <laughs> Not to put two front of <laughs> Um. So there were, I mean, there were red flags even at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, but even... As little as my dad could see, he saw enough that he was not, you know, excited about it. Complete relationship-wise, isolating. So I was cutting off relationships mm-hmm. with my siblings that otherwise were very, very close. Yeah. With my parents, things just got more and more distant. My Even my roommate was like, like, you're on campus and you're not doing anything. You're not getting to know anybody. Spending most of my money on trips back and forth to Georgia to see him. Oh, so and, it was a long-distance relationship. Even. Yeah, so I was in Columbia, South Carolina, and he was in Georgia. So okay. it wasn't hours and hours away. It was just a couple of hours. But okay. um, Would you say you realized it wasn't a good relationship or were you kind of blinded to that i mean did he have you like so no i was just happy that somebody yeah. wanted me yeah <laughs> i had somebody to call when yeah. I, you know i was sad or you know anything emotional yeah. it was somebody i could somebody to go to to or, go to yeah. Yeah. and you know he used a lot of the physical intimacy to lay claim on any of my feelings of guilt like well you're already mine and you know we might as well because bible says you know there's no judges in the bible and you know are you really married or you're married when in front in the eyes of god we've said all these things and just really twisted and confusing ideas and so but it it conflicted a lot with my conscience i mean there were several times that i think the lord he used public authorities to stop us in several cases, two cases. And there's at, at that point, I was like, okay, God is saying this is not okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that was my my emotional or conscience struggle. And he would say, yeah, 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 this is bad. You're right. We need to change things. And then we would both. I mean, it's not just him. We right. would both just keep sinning. 
my dad came back from Argentina to break us up. And to me, that was like, whoa, dad is coming off of the you know, mission field to deal with me. So it was very sobering that he would do that. But at the same time, it was still these, dad, who are you, you know, to come in and, and try and break us up. And I was submissive for a time in that, you know, dad asked, you know, that we not have communication with each other for a time. And but it was nothing definite or, you know, long term. In my mind, I was thinking, okay, I'll I'll do what he asks me. And then I'm just going to get married to him. It happened twice. And the second time really what happened twice? Your dad my dad breaking, breaking us up. up. So yeah. one was an actual visit and the second was he just was really firm. And again, it was just my conscience constantly struggling mm-hmm. with I know this is not right, but it feels so right. And you know those mm-hmm. So just give us a little bit of a timeline here. The first time you guys, you know, when he came back to see you, yes. how long had you been dating this man? A year. So at this point you're what, nineteen? Yes. Okay. Um, we broke up for like three months and then we dated again for like another year. I think it stretched over a span of like three years. Somehow three years got in there. Six months after being in the States, I was able to straighten some things out and I was able to go to community college. And then I went to Columbia International University for that, fo- that following fall. Um, So it was a full year that I was out. Well, so first semester I was working, second semester at community college. And then, yes, so the following following year, year. fall, I was at CIU. And even that was like conflicting because that's when I was dating uh, my boyfriend and I'm going to this Bible college who makes you sign things like I can't even drink. So we had been dating for three off and on for three years. And finally, the elders in my church had got involved and they saw all the red flags. I think everybody saw the red flags except for me. Um, it wasn't until I sat down with, it was my dad, but I love my dad. We know. <laughs> but I didn't respect his opinion at the time. So it was my dad at the table, an elder in our church, and me. God, for some reason, of all the immoral things that I did at that time, gave me a conscience about having authority in the church elders carry authority and Mm -hmm. that elder um just said amy i can't i can't see you continuing in this relationship and it being honoring to god or to your father and i you can't continue my boyfriend at that point earlier in the day had proposed to me over the phone but it was the proposal that every girl wants to hear. I'm asking you this once because I'm not going to ask it again. So if you say no, that's it. Oh, Woo. wow. So I said yes because I thought I could always back out of it. Mm-hmm. But if I said no, then there's there no, no chance. There's anymore. no chance of him asking it again. And did he? Did, and at that point, he knew that you were going to be having this meeting later in the day. I assume. I don't remember if he knew or not. That was when he was on his way to South Carolina, and maybe it. Maybe he didn't know. It. It was like it's me or them. Yeah. Really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're gonna. We're gonna have this out, and you're gonna pick. Yep. You're gonna choose, and you're really gonna say goodbye to these people, or you're gonna say goodbye to me. So when my elder in the church, Dan Osborne, told me, you know, Amy, I, I don't you can't continue in this and be honoring God. It was definitely a turning point for me and God was just really kind. I think that especially at that age, it's so easy to think that our parents are just like, well, just because this isn't what you, right. yeah. like the guy that you imagined for me, right? right? you know, yep. 
I think that that happens a lot. Yeah. When really it's like, no, seriously, it's not a good, not a good thing. Not a good good fit. Yeah. Yeah. For me in this situation, there was a bit of a, maybe a savior complex of he wants to be a great dad, even though he's never had a dad and Mm -hmm. he can be this and I can help him be this. Mm -hmm. And it sounds good when you're 19. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I know that for whatever reason, young, young women, young women in particular often date someone or even unofficially are in a relationship with somebody Mm -hmm. or whatever thinking of all the potential that that person has Mm -hmm. and just the the pride and the naivety to think that we can single-handedly change that person's life around and is just uh stupid stupid (laughs) (laughs) i don't think that's one of those things i don't think i i definitely didn't see that at the time yeah and that's i mean that's where the community and the church comes in and yeah so yeah, three, so, three years on and off with this guy, mostly on. At this point, right. you're at Columbia International University. You break it off on the same day that so he asks that, you to marry me, right. you, and you said yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So what happened next? So I walked out, and I just told him I couldn't do it. So said, maybe one day you'll be able to love someone that your dad or some like something someone that your dad will allow you to love or something like that. And yeah. I thought it was so at the p- time so like backhanded and like stab you uh-huh. like you've betrayed me kind of yeah. thing. But there's some truth to it. Yeah. <laughs> and and the man that I ended up marrying actually was a friend of my dad's before he ever met me, which mm. was Lord orchestrated that. But anyway, so I didn't hear from him again till a few months later. But at that point, my the elders in our church and the pastor in our church had been doing a lot of counseling with me and my parents. And they convinced me to, and I say convinced because I really, I didn't want to. They convinced me to go to Argentina for a month and just spend some time with my parents. In my mind, though, this is crazy. I was still thinking, I'll do this, and then I'll come back to the United States and marry the dude. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. I was just thinking, okay, I'll, I just need to submit to these steps. That's mm-hmm. what I need to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't move forward entirely, but, you know, restoring my relationship with my parents, having some stronger communication yeah. with them. You're realizing you don't want to just cut off. Right. Right. Yeah. I had, we had phone call just a little bit with, the guy let him know what I was doing, but that I still I still wanted to marry him, but I didn't feel like I could move forward until I had I couldn't move forward with a broken relationship with my parents. I wasn't mm-hmm. willing to give that up mm-hmm. to move forward. And so I went to Argentina within a week, I think of just some quiet and distance and reading the Psalms mostly. Mm-hmm. I they gave me some assigned reading and there was a couple there at the time that were dating in the church and their relationship was very similar to mine with my boyfriend and it was just you could see it was so clear and I found myself saying you know this is crazy why are they together like can they not see that how many only it was the opposite she she was the manipulator but you know, is this not just so obvious? Yeah. And then I realized, 
actually, this been. is exactly wow. like my relationship with so it's really my boyfriend. For you. Very eye-opening. Wow. And that, again, is God's kindness to use them to show me. To make something, to make it so clear. Make it so yeah. clear to me. And I just realized I was not following after the Lord. Mm-hmm. I wasn't. I was chasing after a guy. I I could see it. And I, th- I like I said, I think it's a combination of distance and reading and just spending some time away from the pressures of job and work and everything just with mom and dad and counseling and then being able to see it so clearly with this other relationship. So I... Um, decided then that I just needed to stay. I just needed to stay put in Argentina. And I didn't know how long I would stay. I was just going to stay until things were really, really solid with my parents. I had proven that our my relationship with my parents had holes in it. And I say, you know, they were my, they're an authority, whether you're 19 or 21 or nine, you know, they carry weight in their opinions of and decisions and mm-hmm. i think it's just part of honoring your father and mother yeah. and it doesn't say honor your father and mother until you turn 18 and then right and then you're done up. right exactly <laughs> i did actually meet my husband on day two of being Whoa. there but <laughs> he drove a wedge in the bad relationship <laughs> i didn't know it was going to be him <laughs> and in fact i think i was at that point, I was like, okay, I am not dating anybody mm-hmm. for a long time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you just swear off of everything, right. you yeah, know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> we're, we're all black and white. We don't like these. We're like, you know, it's all either all or nothing. That's yeah. right. <laughs> when I notified the boyfriend of this, that I was not coming back and it was really over. Yeah. He, I got no response except for he just broke into my email account and erased oh. everything. Oh my goodness! Whoa. Erased everything, everything, or erased no, well, everything erased everything between, between us. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, not like, like you I wanted it, it or needed still. it anyways. But it was just definitely a breach of yeah, right. no okay. trust, not okay. And finally, in your mind, it was right. It was like right, over. right. It was me this time. It wasn't my parents. It wasn't an outside source. It was me saying, "Yes, this is this is not right." So I refer to this time as almost a second conversion for yeah. me because, well, I would, I mean, I, there's no doubt in my mind that I was a Christian. Right. You know, I was raised in a church, PK, MK, mm-hmm. got all the initials, okay? Yeah. <laughs> got it all covered. <laughs> got it covered. I knew scripture. I knew how things should go. I mean, relatively speaking, up to this point, I had a, had sin. Of course, I sinned, but a relatively... Nothing major in my life that was destructive to me Mm -hmm. until this relationship. And it was this relationship that made me realize the things that I thought that I wasn't capable of doing Mm -hmm. or that I would, oh, I would never do that. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, I found myself capable of doing or doing or I had thoughts of, you know, what if I get pregnant and then maybe abortion would be a good option. Mm -hmm. Because I, I don't want to shame my parents. I, don't, I mean, just things that you never thought you would ever think, mm-hmm. you start thinking, given just our sinful hearts. Oh, yeah. We have it all in us. So I stayed in Argentina, and I had met Claudio, my husband, and it was actually in the following weeks that 
I had spent time with Claudio and his sisters and um, some other people in the church, and I just watched him and how he moved, how he related to his sisters who were my age and how he just led the group. And I just thought, okay, I was definitely settling for something. And this is the kind of man that I need. So God did use, Claudio was a piece of the puzzle and helping me realize how bad the other relationship was. Mm. But I wasn't thinking of Claudio as oh, I could date him. Oh, I could marry him. Yeah, you know, yeah. I was like, like I said, I was... You were just starting, you were seeing... I was like sworn off of yeah. any relationship right, for yeah. a long time. So it was actually, I think we made it four full weeks. <laughs> so I don't know, maybe it was rebound. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you guys have been married 10 years now, so we're not yeah. going to call it a rebound. Okay. <laughs> Rebounds never yeah. last. We all know that. It's almost not even a rebound. Not a rebound. So four weeks later, we were we were talking, and I explained. He was like, "So you're gonna stay? Or you're gonna go? Or you know?" Somehow we ended up saying, "Well, I would like to get to know you better," <laughs> and <laughs> and I said, "I'm not doing anything without talking with my parents because I just I don't trust myself." So I went home and I told my mom. I was like, "Mom, I had this conversation," and my mom. I was sure my parents were gonna. Both my mom and dad would say, "No way, uh uh-uh. uh." But they had known Claudio for a year, year and a half at that point. They knew him way better than I did, and they said, "We love Claudio. We trust Claudio. You guys could date." Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we did, but it, I was very cautious and just not letting you anywhere near my heart until I'm really sure that I can trust you. And he just hit every ball out of the park, genuine and the exact opposite of the previous boyfriend. And so we started dating. We dated for 10 months, got engaged, engaged for 10 months and got married. <laughs> so the the a little bit of God's explanation for why I was in the United States for those, I think it ended up being two and a half years, maybe it was a full three years, Okay, is that when we went to go get Jillian and Olivia's dual citizenship, you have to prove 14 years of living in the United States. Four of those years have to be after the age of 14. And I moved, left the country when I was 15. And if I hadn't have come back for those three years, neither one of my daughters would have U.S. citizenship. That's crazy. That's really amazing. Kindnesses of God and... That he says, this is why. This is one of the reasons Mm why. Yeah. So for a young woman who, or any woman really, doesn't have to be a young woman, but for someone who is in a relationship, you know, maybe there isn't opposition, but what would you say are warning signs in a relationship? Like this is not glorifying to God or? Mm -hmm. The first thing that comes to my mind is isolation. I think sin, any kind of sin wants to isolate you yeah, and make you feel like either you're the only one who feels this way or you're the only one that's ever experienced this. Yeah. And then just isolation from then people that you've always trusted, friendship, I would just say friendships, period. And that could be, I mean, that could be parents. That could be, I think, obviously is church leadership. Mm-hmm. And even if that's just 
other women that are involved in your lives. Mm -hmm. If the person you're with or that you're dating is constantly speaking against those people, I would stop. (laughs) (laughs) The person you're dating should, especially a man, should show submission to authority. If you want to marry somebody good, you're going to marry a man that's willing to submit to an authority. Mm-hmm. If he refuses to submit himself to the authority of the church or, mm-hmm. you know, the civil authority, any right. of these yep. authorities, like if if he can never get along with his boss at whatever yeah. job, if these are some of the signs that you're seeing, what you don't realize is that at some point in your marriage, you usually need outside help from somewhere. Mm-hmm. And if he will not submit himself, then you have no one to appeal to. Mm -hmm. There is no authority above the two of you, Mm -hmm. and you are completely at his mercy. Hearing about submission so much from women in in my church cultures that I came from, I also thought, well, I have to submit to him. He's my, I need to be practicing submission to him. Ooh, scary. Whoa. Scary words from dating people. Yeah, you're not married. You're not married until he's you're not married. Your authority. Yeah. And he's not your authority. And I thought, okay, I have to submit to everybody. And then I realized, no, you no. don't. No. You submit to church elders and pastors, you submit to parents, but boyfriends have no claim of authority. Not until you're married. And if you find yourself having to cover for the other person so that other people won't think badly of them because of the way that they're acting towards mm-hmm. you or acting towards somebody, that should always be like a, mm-hmm. you know, a red flag. Yeah. Like, hey, maybe there's something not entirely healthy going on here. Or maybe this person wants you for something more than just like a good, mm-hmm. healthy relationship, right. you know? Go with your gut. Go with your godly gut, not the Go other with, one. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's right. Go with the godly gut. <laughs> yeah. Um, Well, I mean, chances are if your gut's telling you this is not Mm -hmm. right, just go with it. Because what is that gut? Isn't it our conscience? conscience, yes. 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 I often think of that. I mean, at any one of those points, either with the the meeting with the elder, you know, any one of those points, if I had just, if I had gone the other direction, Mm -hmm. my life would be very different. Mm -hmm. And I'm very thankful very thankful for God's intervention is hosted by Katie Walker and Michael Crum. It is produced and edited by Nathan Alberson with help from Ben Salser, and it is executive produced by Nathan Alberson and Jake Mensel. If you like the show, please don't forget to rate and review in the app of your choice. And if you're interested in more great content, including articles written by me and Michael and even some of our guests, please visit warhornmedia.com.